thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Father, how wonderful to address you as Jesus did. Holy Father, Abba Father. On this Father's Day, I praise you, I thank you, that you highly treasure every father, including each one within the sound of my voice. You treasure each father by being a good father to each one, faithful to each of us, speaking to us, helping us from the most devastating to the most comfortable to the most diligent. And on this Father's Day, on behalf of every father, I have a very big ask of you. I ask you to persistently reveal to each father how to most effectively relate to you so that he can effectively help his children with their greatest need to effectively relate to you so that each of his children will establish and sustain a dialogue with you that saves their lives now and eternally. I ask this, and I believe you for it, and I thank you for hearing and answering this prayer. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day, guys. It's good to see all of you, no matter if you're a father or not. Uh, I know, like, I was watching different churches doing different things for Father's Day, and everybody's doing dad jokes, and I looked at Nathan, and I go, man, they're all doing dad jokes, and I'm, like, getting my dad to pray, you know, passionate prayers over you, so I, uh, I hope, that, hope that that's all right. I got no dad jokes for you today, uh, but I do have my dad praying for you, and uh, I deeply love him, and I'm praying for each one of you, and actually, that's where I want to go uh, towards the end of the service today is to pray for the fathers and uh, pray for uh, God to continue to raise uh, great kids in this house, uh, both children as well as adult children, um, and, uh, and I'm just believing God for for God to do that in our church. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to Luke 15 today. And um, uh, I want to just say thank you to all of the team that did such a great job while we were gone. My family and I had a great time on vacation, and uh, we're excited to, to plow into uh, just the summer and believe that we're headed into a really exciting season as a church. A um, few things I want you to be aware about. Uh, number one is um, we are getting close next week to our Bold Conference, and so that's going to be amazing. And so right now, it looks like we'll have just over 700 teenagers right here uh, from across the country. And so uh, it could be more than that, but it'll be at least that. And so we're excited about what God's going to do. Um, and I'd like to invite you as a church family to really continue to pray, uh, pray for that event. And now, I know that when I talk about that, some of people think, now, now, what is that? Are we a part of a church network that that is, that this is, this is our church just asking God to help us be a voice to teenagers. And so it's just... It's, it's just us. Uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a network thing. It's, it's, not, it's not a partnership with an organization or anything like that. It's just you. 
It's just our church saying one of the areas we believe God has called us to make a measurable difference is we want to go after uh, young people and so helping them be disciples of Jesus. Statistics say that uh, about, about 80%, 85% of people that are following Jesus in their 60s and 70s and 80s made a decision to follow Jesus before they were 18. And so different, I mean, different resources say different numbers, but it's, it's the big idea is that that is a strategic window of time to help people come to know Christ. And so anyway, we're going after that. That's going to be great. So make sure, and I just want to encourage you as parents, not just your own kids, but people that you know, to try to get them here. Three days where we'll just, we're just going to, it's really, it's really just a moment where we just kind of go after God and we just pray that the Lord touches a kid. And so, um, we want to try to get kids here. Also, I want to let you know that uh, next month, we're going to have uh, Camp Radiant, which is going to be for our uh, elementary age kids. And so that's going to be on July 11th, uh, 18th, and 25th. And so we're going to turn those three Sundays here into Kid Fest, baby. Um, and so uh, we want to just really focus in and kind of upgrade intentionality in the summertime and, and give them an opportunity. We're going to give more resources, more, uh, more fun, uh, more specific tools for parents um, to go after that age demographic um, during July. So we're going to do that on Sundays uh, instead of doing it um, during the week. Uh, we're going to just really focus in on those three Sundays. So that's going to be coming up in July. Uh, also in July, uh, we're going after Serve Day. And so we're going to partner with Urban Christian Academy. Um, and we want to make a difference in our city. So, I'm, boy, I turned into an announcement, man. Uh, but July 10th, uh, I want to just encourage you to be a part of that um, so that we can, we can all just jump in and let the love of God be not just with what we do on Sundays, but what we do through the week. And really just one way that we can do that is to serve together, make a difference together. So anyway, that's coming up in July. And that's kind of the why behind uh, the what of some of the things that we're doing, hoping that you're able to jump all in uh, with that. Okay. Father's Day today. Here, let me just kind of give you my, my heart on this. I think that the message today is applicable for every Christ follower. I think it's certainly applicable for every parent, uh, but it is focused specifically on fathers. I'm in the thick of parenting right now, and so uh, this is actually an enjoyable subject for me because I'm in over my head uh, because my son's taller than me. So um, I'm I'm uh, stand up, Doss. Just let him. There, that's this is my son, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. What's up, baby? And. Um, so, so, so uh, I want to go after just a few attributes that I see in our heavenly father and the story that Jesus told in Luke 15. And, and the great thing about Luke 15, the context here is where Jesus is looking at the uh, Pharisees, the teachers of the law, and he's responding to their criticism of him for hanging out with sinners. And so the whole context is he talks about uh, that uh, the kingdom of God, the father, what God is like. He's like, He's like a shepherd that goes after a sheep. He's like, he, he's like the woman that looks for the coin. And then he goes into the story about he's like a father who chases or goes after or waits. There's a whole lot of different ideas about how the father loves, pursues the lost son. And, and as, as I was meditating, praying, thinking, studying the scriptures, I mean, I was, I, I was just I was praying for you. I was praying for the fathers. 
And I saw the graciousness, the kindness, the love, and I think in the Father, and I think that there's a whole lot of attributes when you think about what our Heavenly Father's like. You got grace and truth, John 1.14. We got the whole thing about how we got grace and truth. I want to highlight and go after graciousness today, mercy, kindness, the love of a father today. And that's not to say that, uh, that all those other father dyna- uh, attributes don't exist. We got we to go for all of them. But I think that the, the kingpin, the lead that I want to go after today is this kindness, this father heart that's, that has experienced mercy and grace and kindness. And so it's able to give it away. And so I look, I'm going to pray here. I'm going after this just getting started. But when I, when I was reading about how much Jesus favorably talks about his father, it's overwhelming how, how, how Jesus delights in talking about his father. 189 times in the gospels, um, Jesus is talking about his father. So it's frequent in the garden. He's saying, father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Um, he's teaching us to pray our father. So he is our king, but he teaches us to pray our father. He is our judge, but he teaches us to pray our father. And Jesus really over and over again, he keeps referring to God as father. And you can see, you can feel like when you just read the red letters, you could feel Jesus delight and excitement and joy um, in his relationship with his father. And even as he goes to the cross in his final prayers, he's talking to his father. So I just think it's, it's so critical in terms of us being fathers to look at what God is like as father. And even, even more than that, I want to talk about how Jesus talks about his father. So anyway, I, there, there's, there's 189 verses. There's so many to look at. I just, I'm going to just zero in on Luke 15 today because um, I, I really see five ideas that we can, we can look at in terms of a heart of our heavenly father. And then I'm going to go practical on inviting you as fathers to jump in and pursue these with your kids and let some of these live in you. So let's read Luke 15. Um, Today, I'm not going to read the whole story. Uh, Many of you know the story about how Jesus looks at these Pharisees, teachers of the law, and contextually he's saying, let let me tell you how God goes after. He chases down uh, lost sheep or lost coin or lost son. And then here, he tells the story of the son who leaves home, basically rejects his father, and then comes to his senses. And I just want to read this text about the father's response to the lost son. Then I'll pray. Then we'll talk about it. Uh, so the lost son says, so he got up and he went to his father. So he comes to his senses. So he got up, he went to his father. And here's the phrases. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. It's going to be number one today. His father saw him. And was filled with compassion for him. So because of the compassion, he ran. So another action, he ran to his son. And then he threw his arms around him and kissed him. I'm going to put those together and say embraced. So it's hugging and kissing. The son said to, <laughs> by the way, my, my son, we were, um, we were traveling home. And in the lobby of uh, the hotel, there was a guy who was like, awkwardly, a father awkwardly kissing his son. This was just on Friday. Awkwardly kissing his son, um, his two-year-old son, like over and over and over again. And so uh, my 11-year-old son leaned over to his 17-year-old brother Dawson and said, uh, wow, that kid's two and it's awkward. My dad kisses me that much and I'm 11. But anyway, (laughs) so... uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's funny because it's really true. The son, 
the son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, and here's the phrases, quick, bring the best robe. Now we got him giving gifts. So father, bring the best robe and put it on and put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast. And we're going to go after this last one, fifth one, and let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would help us grow as fathers and mothers and, and followers of Jesus, that we would see the heart of what our father is like so that we could grow as sons and daughters, but also as fathers and mothers. I pray for every father in the room today. I just pray for a legacy of grace and kindness and love that would live in their hearts for their children. We love you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I was thinking about um, how hard it would be to be a father if you didn't have a biblical foundation of what fatherhood should look like. So if you're just guessing how to be a father based upon podcasts, books, maybe a mashup of people you know, um, how difficult it would be to navigate the waters of fatherhood because you'd end up getting so much, so much ideology from so many different places. And so I was thinking about what mine would look like, and I think I would be impacted by, by people I know. I, I think that relationships would impact me. Uh, many of the, the, the kids I grew up with had uh, great fathers, and oftentimes I would go hang out at their houses and kind of learn a different family culture by virtue of being at someone else's house. And so I'll never forget being at my friend Ben's house. His dad was Bill, and Bill uh, worked in the rodeo, which was very different than my father. And, um, and so my dad worked with Bibles and highlighters, but Bill worked with horses, and, um, and they owned a horse named Charlie. And uh, I would, go over to, I would go to Ben's house and hang around Bill, and Bill was real quiet, but I learned about horses and rodeo, and actually, I was in the Lataw County Fair on Charlie with my buddy Ben when I was eight, but, but I learned by watching Bill a, whole, a, a few things about, about horses and about rodeo, and, and, and Bill had essentially horse and rodeo knowledge to pass on to Ben because that was in him. He knew it, right? That was something he had to give. I was thinking about uh, my buddy Brian when I was in uh, high school. Um, his dad was a financial genius. He was an entrepreneur. Uh, genius is too strong, but he was strong. And, um, and, and he, he helped Brian and I uh, start a business um, where, we, where we took like a moonwalk um, around Oklahoma City. Moonwalk, like the commercial blow-up jumpy house thing. And, um, and we would go do like birthday parties and, and, and we'd go to different businesses and we'd set up. And, um, and compared to flipping burgers, it was awesome uh, for me in that season because, you know, he, he helped me. I had been working out time, for time out for burgers and I quit my job to start this entrepreneurial thing with my buddy Brian. But I just remember learning like financial words I'd never known before. Uh, I had braces, mullet, you know, mullet with driving a minivan around Oklahoma City, setting up moonwalks, you know, to country music. There's some bad parts about it, but, um, but we'll go with the positive one today about learning from. And anyway, I was just thinking about different fathers. Like, you know, you could kind of learn different things. My, when I was in high school, my buddy Darren, his dad, Les, was diligent. And I actually worked for his dad for a summer. And uh, 
I just remember watching his dad work like so hard um, during the day, owned multiple houses across Oklahoma City. And so we would go uh, work on the roof. We would paint. We would clean up. I felt like I was throwing things in dumpsters every day. I figured out after a while that Darren was the skilled worker that did the hard work, and I was the cleanup guy. That took me a while to figure out, but um, that became ultimately the way my summer went. Um, but I learned, I remember just learning from Les, just watching that, that diligent work ethic. Of course, I thought he was extremely old. Uh, turns out he's probably about 43. Uh, but I think you could learn from them. And I think, I think you'd have a temptation just to look at what's in front of you. Maybe, maybe as a father, you're looking at the people around you. I think you could end up just looking at, I mean, we live in an entertainment industry. Um, and you could kind of look at TV dads. Um, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot of TV knowledge, but I certainly would have seen Mel Gibson in The Patriot as a great father who's like fighting for his kids. Or That was amazing. I mean, that's, that's a little violent, but, but it... But at least there was this heart for his kids, right? Like, um, I, I watched with Renata, Jack Pearson, This Is Us, and they had triplets, which I, I, so I felt like I could learn a lot maybe from Jack. Um, and he's kind of a good-looking guy, so I felt like we had a lot in common. And then um, I was, I, when I was growing up, I was, I was limited. I could watch uh, no television other than the things that Michael Landon was in. So we could watch... <laughs> Bonanza, Little House on the Prairie, and Highway to Heaven. I'm not totally sure the logic of all that. Might have been my mom's crush on Michael Landon. Um, just kidding. Deborah, don't you tell mom. Uh, that's not true. Um, yeah, okay, thank you, Murray. Uh, <laughs> but, but I was thinking about, you know, just y- y- you end up taking a mashup of just people and maybe some books, so maybe some podcasts, maybe some audiobooks. But I want us to be real specific today, and I want to invite fathers to not have a smorgasbord or a buffet of just different kind of concepts, but to narrow in on the chief one, on on the kingpin, on the top one, on the greatest example of a father, and actually look at the heart of what God the Father looks like, learn from our heavenly father, and actually not be scared of saying, I want to be like my heavenly father. And I think I've grown up enough and been around people enough and sat at Starbucks enough with people that they would say, okay, now give me something practical. That's too dreamy. Okay, I, I, I want to try to give you some handles on some practical things. But what happens if actually you, you, you picture God as father and you're wanting to have a house where you're functioning as a great father? I think, I think we could give some secret sauce of fatherhood today. So... I am calling it secret sauce of fatherhood, and I am giving you barbecue sauce. Welcome to youth camp. It is, it is bold conference week. Um, and, and I was just thinking about Ephesians 5, just, just because Paul says this, he says, be imitators. So I want to talk about just being imitators, being imitators of God. And then it's that phrase, as dearly loved children. So, so you're going to imitate God by becoming like a child. And I think that the key to fatherhood, and I don't want to say it's the only key, but I think the biggest one, and I do believe it's the biggest one, is if you can grow, and I'm going to talk to men for just a minute, in being a great son to your heavenly father, you'll receive what's needed to be a great father to your earthly children. So I'm all for every podcast that you, know, you think is godly people that you want to learn from. And I'm all, I'm great. I love learning from other people. And the highest one 
is if you'll have a relationship with your father and a study of what is he like. What is God actually like? And I just saw kind of five ideas, and these are famous ideas in this parable. And the context of this is a lost son, um, and we can see what God is like. But the first one is this. We see the father sees. Like, he sees his son. And I want to invite you just to think about that phrase, okay? As a father, I want to see. And the father sees the direction that his son is going when his son says, I'm out. Give me my share of the estate. I'm out. And he sees him leave the house. And he also sees him when he comes to his senses and he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to eat? And here I am starving to death. I'll go back to my father. I said, I've sinned against heaven against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called the son. I'll go back. And I was just thinking about that phrase while he was still a long way off. So he's still way out there and his father saw him. So I saw him leave. I see him coming back. I'm intentionally looking. I'm in, I have my son in sight. Highly probable that the whole idea of this is that he was not casually just glanced up, but in expectation, waiting, looking, looking for his son. Now, I want to invite you as fathers in an age where we have our eyes on a lot of really great things. I mean, game seven last night, baby. I mean, overtime. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really fun things that I think, I, I love, I mean, I, I love the time that we live in. I love the city that we live in. Uh, we live in an incredible nation. We, we're so blessed that it, we got a lot of things we can put our eyes on. And they're not, they're not necessarily bad things. But I want to invite you to allow your kids to take up space in terms of what you're looking at. And even specifically, the direction that they're going. So it's easy for us to just set up guardrails and just... I'm, once my kid really messes up, then they have my attention. But I want to invite you to pull back and go, not just, not just bad, but what's, what's affecting them? What, what's in their heart? What are the attitudes? What are the choices that they're making? And so that you can see the direction that they're going. And ultimately, are they going towards their heavenly father or away from their heavenly father? That's the big one. So there's a lot of, thank you, Skylar. There's a lot of, uh, I like that. There's a, there's a lot of other things we can look at, but that's really the big one. I was, I was listening to one preacher that said it this way. He goes, uh, he said, the only thing that I care about, and he, I mean, he's, his, his uh, children are grown now, but he said, when I was raising my kids, the only thing that I cared about, uh, sorry, the, the, the number one thing that I cared about was their, their love for God, their relationship with God. So if you look at the direction, where are these, are, are they headed away from the father's house? Are they headed to the father's house? Meaning, what does it look like with the relationship with God? And that's what you're working on. That, that, that's what you care about. So, so, yes, I care about education. I care about food. And I care about all these things. But I'm working on that heart, that direction of the heart. I was thinking about, you know, the app uh, right now where it's Find My Friends. Or uh, if you're a family, there's another app that's Life360 where you can see... Um, where your family is or where your friends are. Um, I was thinking about that app is really the picture of what you're doing spiritually. I can tell where my kids are at if they have that app on geographically. 
But this is really a picture of, for a father. Um, um, there's no app for it, sorry. Uh, but you're looking at, where are, my, where are my kids at spiritually? Where are they at with God? Where are they at with their father? And you're intentionally looking for, for what they speak, the decisions that they make, that help give you a window so you can see them. You're looking. And so that means just like, that means putting something else down so that you have time. I say your practical step with this is spend time with them. And so that could be dinner table. That can be sitting on the deck. That can be a walk. That can be bike rides. That can be just, I mean, welcome to parenthood, driving kids all over the city. Um, could be in the car, but asking questions. And, and one of the ways that you're going to see them, and I'm not talking physically, I'm talking about seeing their heart, talking about which direction they're going, is by just asking questions and listening to them. Ask them, and then, and then taking steps towards spiritual questions. Asking them about their relationship with God. Ask them about their friendships. Ask them about why friendships. Being intentional about what, why, why that friendship. Um, and you're trying to lead them in the right direction towards God. And of course, Jesus said that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so you're looking at phrases, thoughts, and you're just, your passion is to get them in that right spot. So you see them. And then the second and fun thing about this, and this was my favorite song in high school. I remember, remember when God ran. No, okay. Um, that was my favorite song. But um, I remember the day he left home. And said, Down that dusty road he came. It was from my heart. When God ran. Anyway, okay. Um, it was a good one. Uh, but this is a picture of God. And, and here's what I love about this picture. The, 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 the idea here is that the son, when he came to his senses, he arose and, and went. So in Luke, we're kind of getting the idea that he, he came to his senses and he, and he walked back. I mean, certainly the Greek word there is just that he arose. It's that he, he went but the word for the father is that he ran to his son. So the idea would be when there's any repentance in a child and they turn, here's the part that I see. The father's working harder than the son. And that's one of the things that I, I think I just want to invite fathers to is welcome to the hard work of fathering. Um, I hate the way that all the sitcoms make fathers to look like losers. Um, and couch potatoes, I think that spiritual fathering looks like a lot of hard work. Or Nathan's quote, looks like overalls. Some president said that. Uh, that's what I want to invite you to. It's, it's, it's that he's working. The it's work. The father's working harder than the son. I remember I was doing a discipleship one-on-one uh, -on -one with a guy in Colorado. And I finally just looked at him after like three or four times where I was, I had met him over and over again. And he wasn't, he wasn't breaking up with his godless girlfriend. He wasn't memorizing, you know, the ideas that I've been talking to him about. He wasn't spending time with God. And I just looked at him. I said, hey, man, you got to work at least as hard as I'm working. And I was in a nice way saying, let's roll because my grace is running out with you. Right? Like you got to work at least as hard as I'm working. If you want, if you want me to disciple you, you got you to gotta try to be discipled a little bit harder. But I was thinking about as a father, I'm always... I'm always willing to work harder. I'm always willing to run when they're walking. I'm running to him. It just is. It's the father. He runs 
he runs. He gets up and he runs. And then, so, so, so I would invite you with that, it's just lock that in because it is challenging when over and over again, parenting is so difficult. And, and it's different in different phases. Adult children, I mean, each parent goes through different challenges. But I think it's the heart of the, the heavenly father who doesn't give up and he keeps working. Just straight up, like I'm running I'm running after him. Um, so I would, I would just invite you on that one. I, I, and I think that's hard because sometimes I think when I talk to fathers, they won't say this bluntly, but there's an undertone as, bro, that's too much. As long as I provide and protect, that's about all I can do. And I like provide and protect, and that's godly, provide and protect. That's a whole nother sermon. Um, but I want to invite you to, in addition to provide and protect, Fight for the hearts of your kids. And it's going to take some work, but work for it. And then the third idea here is just, is just this clear that he embraces them. Uh, so he runs to him, he hugs him and kisses him. And, and, and I would just, for me, in fathering, when I have a, a child that um, I feel like has done something wrong or there's tension, I just want to go this simple on this one. I, I try to think, am I, am I responding with affection or anger? I feel, I, I am justified with my anger, right? Because when something is wrong, there's a justification for, but this is a wrong situation. But if I'm going to look like my father, then I got to roll with responding with affection instead of anger. And as fathers, there's the opportunity to be angry <laughs> a lot, right? And, and I would invite you to just practically be the father that hugs, kisses, embraces your kids. And I'd say not just, uh, not just physically here, but, but even go digital. I was talking to one dad that he just, he just texts his kids the emojis and Bible verses and I love you. I mean, adult, uh, grown dad with adult kids. And that's it's kind of like a digital embrace. Just, I love you. What's up? Praying for you. And working on a way to just intentionally. Yeah, but that kid isn't responding to me well. Right, and you're working harder than they are. You, you've decided I'm running to you. You may be barely walking, but I'm gonna keep running. I am perpetually the running father that's working on this relationship. Um, and I care. Fill that tank up. I, I'm trying to do this with, with my sons. Um, it's gotten tricky. Uh, I, I started you know, kissing Dawson on the top of his head um, when he was a child, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And now that relationship has flipped where <laughs> my son, and I don't know how to take it because I don't, I don't really enjoy the, the, it's hard, it's challenging on my masculinity, but it's great for my fatherhood. But um, my son turned 17 this week, but we've entered this new phase of our relationship where he kisses me on the top of the head and says, I'm so proud of you. And uh, was, I'm, I'm praying about that one. But um, I say that to say that I, I do think that you make that deposit, 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 boom, return on the investment. And there's, I know I got a long way to go. He could go crazy. It's possible. Um, but long run, my vision is, is to keep running after him and hugging him and embracing him and kissing him on the head. Next one is this, the father gives. And this is, this is, this is, 
This is in addition to being like generous gifts. This is about building who they are. So these, these gifts are specific in, in establishing identity. So bring the best robe would have been helping to establish identity. Remember the story about Joseph where the father gave him the, the best robe and it was this statement of identity. Um, the ring, the signet ring would have been kind of like a credit card. It would have been authority. The shoes would have been more than just, hey, you don't have shoes. It would have been a slave would not have shoes, but a son would. And so when he had gone and hired himself out to someone else, he would have lost his shoes and they would take the shoes so they wouldn't run off. And most scholars think this is just a way of picturing that he gets back some authority and identity and some dignity. And I think when we go to giving, um, we want to give what we can give generously financially or providing for them. And I think that the gifts that we give, one of the best things that we can give is language that helps establish identity, that helps establish dignity. So as fathers, as you verbally communicate those things, I mean, and this is what we see the father doing with the son, right? Matthew 3, Matthew 17, baptism event, Mount of Transfiguration. This is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. We see the father, this is my boy whom I love, whom I'm well pleased. And so every time that we can verbally, in fact, I would say not just even doing it verbally, but even with the gifts you give. (laughs) Like Renata and I, we have... We have given a whole lot of money to uh, things engraved, you know, to, to actually gift places where we in, engrave something that establishes, I'm for you, I'm with you, I love you. Actually, we just did a radiant intensive graduation yesterday, and for 20 years, we've been giving rings with ideas that are engraved because it, it establishes, this is, this is who you are, this is what you're about, this is how we see you. And so when you can when you can actually intentionally give gifts, so kind of combining those two together, you give it verbally, this is who you are. Just like we see the father doing over the son, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Let me establish, you are affirmed. You are loved. You are desired. And I see, and and that's even fun language, with whom I'm well pleased. Uh, There's pleasure over you. But even when you can kind of put those gifts together. So you can always buy them a new pair of Jordans and get them what they want or something like that. But even when you're able to give gifts that speak to the dignity of the house, we're, we're, we're a house of faith. Here's who you are in the house. Here's how I see you. So that often for us has looked like Bible verses. Uh, actually, Olivia uh, said it's okay for me to tell you this. She said the greatest gift she ever received was uh, a gift that I gave her uh, when she was six where I just had engraved, Daddy Loves Olivia. And she says, it's my favorite gift. Well, in reality, that year, she probably wanted some ballet shoes. I don't remember at six that being the greatest response. Like, oh, Dad loves me, great. You know, like I think she might've wanted whatever six-year-old girls want at that age. But long-term wise, it was a valuable gift. So I'm not saying in substitute for other things. I'm just giving you an idea about trying to establish dignity, identity, and authority through your, through your generosity, through what you give. Um, my dad is, I mean, my dad does this to me constantly. My dad's 75, and he's constantly giving me digital. This is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. He's constantly giving me gifts. He's not giving me a robe and shoes. 
<laughs> but he's, he's telling me who I am. He's telling me that I have authority. He's telling me that I have identity. He's granting dignity just for 40 years. Just pow, pow, pow. So even while I was gone, he's, he's just, he's texting. Honestly, the number one person that encourages me on Sundays is still my, mm. I get that digital text from my dad. Here's, here's what you said that was really great. This is not so much, but this is great. You know, like, so, so it's, it's, and that's generosity. It's, it's giving. And I'm saying that in addition to whatever else we can give. And then, of course, this is the fun one where the father celebrates, right? He throws a party. Kill the fattened calf. And, and I love this picture because practically speaking, I would invite you to think about what culture can you create where you celebrate that repentant heart that walks back towards the father. So, so actually creating a party, actually creating. So the view of the father is he's a party thrower. What's he a party thrower about? Well, no doubt about it. He's a party thrower when, when you succeed and you make great grades and he's a party thrower when you, um, when you, you know, hit a home run or, or, or score a touchdown or you do something great like that. But man, you take spiritual steps and my dad goes nuts. My dad goes crazy. My dad throws a party. I was thinking about in Colorado, um, one of my best friends is John Egan. And you guys know him. He, we got to have John back soon. But um, his dad became really close uh, with me. His dad's name is Jack. It's Jack. And Jack's from Jersey. And uh, Jack owns a business in New York City and spends, you know, every day in the city. And he's kind of gruff, you know, he's kind of tough guy tough in Jersey, you know, and yeah, and he really liked me, you know, and so I really liked him. Um, tend to like the people that like you. Uh, but Jack, uh, we, we had just finished a youth conference. And we had 7,000 kids there and Jack threw a party for me and John and some of the singers and musicians. And, um, after the conference, we're hanging out at his house in Colorado. So he had a house in, in, in Jersey, but he, he bought this house in Colorado so that he could, you know, come hang out with his kids who live in Colorado. And so we got this, this big house, big spread, big party. He's paying for all of it. And I'm, you know, everybody loved Jack, you know, like, and, uh, and John and I started just kind of, I mean, we were in our twenties and late twenties and we were just kind of snarky, just kind of getting like, well, that, you know, that didn't work out. And did you hear that guy? And they missed their cue. And, oh, that was crazy. What that guy said that. And we just kind of got just, just a little, it's a little rough. And I'll just never forget the moment that Jack said, I want you boys to shut up right now. <laughs> it's my house. It's my party. And you just saw thousands of kids give their lives to Christ. You just saw kids worship. This is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And y'all are a bunch of knuckleheads sitting around my party acting like this is about you, talking about the bands that didn't, talking about the money, talking, I hate this. And from this moment forward, we're just going to celebrate what Jesus did in those kids. You understand me? Here's what Jack was saying. In this house, here we're celebrating what God did. This is, that's, that's the culture of the house. And I think one of the best things you can do is father say, Let, here's what we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate what God's doing and get some Jack on you, you know, like get some, some Jack stack, baby. Ooh, there it is. It all comes together. It's a, it's a, it's a morning. Get some of that where you're saying, um, actually like when, when my, you know, when my kids, uh, got baptized, um, my parents 
gave them trophies. Well, I never thought of that. You know, trophies are what you give to athletes, but <laughs> sorry, Dawes. My, <laughs> you're an athlete. That didn't go like I planned it. Um, but, but, but it's that idea. It's, it's, it's my parents. Here's what they were saying. They were saying, all right, and they were doing it for grandkids, but they were saying, we're going to celebrate baptism. You're taking a spiritual step, going public with your faith, and so we want to celebrate that. Renata and I were talking this week, because on our vacation, um, we were just playing songs in the car, and we played Big House by Audio Adrenaline in 1993. Come on, everybody. And, uh, and it was issue because I said, as, as just a part of our, kind of our, our time as a family, I said, let's just all play a song um, that, that currently, I've told you about how I do this, about you know, your song right now. And so Renata says, Big House, Audio Adrenaline. And I, I mean, it's, I'm talking about like cry. I have lived in the goodness of God. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like that's intimate. I mean, what Ben Ray did this morning, we were lost in the heavenlies for a moment. Like that's where I'm like, touch your heart type song. But, but Audio Adrenaline, 1993, big, big house, with lots and lots of food, a big, big table. It's not quite what I was thinking. It's a little like juvenile and silly. But Renata said this, she goes, when I was a teenager, that song, opened up a view of God I had never had before. She said, I saw a God as a father that had a big house, throwing a party, liked me. And I think we see our father as those things. And here's the win. This is not a message of David saying, hey, do better. Tell you what, if you'll just embrace them, run after them, give them, I mean, see them. If you'll, just, if you'll just do these five things, buck up and be better, baby. That's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. This is actually your story with your father before it ever becomes your story with your children. When you receive this and you're living a life of this and you're with your father and you're getting alone with your father like Jesus got alone with his father, then what you find yourself doing is saying, hey, my father sees me, the omniscient God. He sees every pain I'm going through. He sees every hardship. He sees when I'm walking close and he sees when, I, when I've got secrets and I'm living in immorality. He sees when I'm worshiping and it's real and he sees when I'm downtrodden and I'm living in lies and I'm secretly stealing. He knows me. He sees me. And not only has, does he see me, but my God have ran to me. And though this is the perfect for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. He gave his son. He chased me down. Before I ever started chasing my kid down, I had a father that sent his son. And Jesus went to a cross. He gave for me. He embraced me. Boom, embrace on the cross. I'll take it. The sin of the world. And I'll give you new life. So then he gives me spiritual gifts. He gives me every good thing I get comes from the Father above. I've been given much. I've received much. And the Father that has a relationship with his heavenly Father has the capacity to be a great earthly father. Not because you necessarily had a great dad. But because you have a great heavenly Father. Because you actually can tap into that real relationship and receive just like a funnel. He sees me. He's running 
He loves me. He embraces, hugs, kisses, knows. He has compassion on me. He gave to me. And so that's my strength. Those who have received now go and give. Those who have been loved now go and love. Those who have received compassion now go and show compassion. Those who have gotten the mercy of God now are able to go give mercy. And my temptation is to just live with, well, I didn't have a great example, but I want to invite you to just go with, even if you didn't have a great example in your human father, you always have relationship and an example in your heavenly father. And, and you tend to pass on what you've been given. So if you can go get much, it will empower you to give much. If you can go get a lot, <laughs> what do you get a lot of? A lot of mercy, a lot of grace, <laughs> a lot of, I, I run back to the Father. It's your song. Run to the Father. I run back to the Father over and over and over again. And then I, I receive it. That gives me the strength to go give it. I was thinking about my, um, I asked Doss. I said, hey, out of, the, out of the places that you and I go one-on-one hang out, what's your favorite one? And he said, Andy's ice cream. And uh, I was thinking because my favorite place that my dad took me was Brahms Ice Cream, Oklahoma City, baby. What's up? And, uh, which was about, just for the record, only about 20% of how much Andy's costs. And, um, <laughs> and then I called my dad this week. I said, hey, dad. Hey, was there a place that you and granddad used to go? Like, you know how you and granddad would go hang out after school? And he goes, oh, yeah. Uh, granddad, he always took me to Dairy Queen. And um, which that's, that was like, and he said, for a nickel, a nickel. Um, I don't even know how it works, but. But here's what I just, I mean, I just put it together this week, but I thought it's, it's, it's kind of the beginning of this legacy. It's easy, for, it's easy for Hal to take David out to Brahms when he'd been given Dairy Queen. It's easy for David to take Doss out to Andy's because I drank a whole lot of root beer freezes when I was in high school at Brahms. And I just think that if you're able as a human father to go, I'm going to get from a lot from my heavenly father. And you can even start a legacy that could impact multiple generations. My, my granddad um, was the first follower of Jesus in our kind of family line. But then my dad went after Jesus and then me, now my, my kids. And I just want to invite you to think, you, you, could, you, could, you could begin a legacy that might not be, well, my, here's what I typically get. I'm this way because my dad was like that. And, and that's just the way we are. I'm like my dad, but I got these other three things. I want you to go, instead of going just that, I want you to go gospel. I have new life in Christ. He's my heavenly father. And so I would say, I, I, could, I could coast. I talked about my dad a lot. had him pray over you. I could talk about, I could coast and just go, hey, I'm, I'm kind of like my dad and just, just be like my dad and coast on fatherhood. But, but my dream is way beyond my human father. My dream is to be an imitator of God as dearly loved children. So my studying is not 
mostly podcasts, TV dads, or just people I know. Man, your study is, Heavenly Father, you've given to me. You've loved me first. You've, you've changed me. You chased me down. You turned my life around. I was, I was lost, and now I'm found. And I want to be a father like you. I just want to invite uh, all the fathers. I just want to take a moment and pray for you. Father, I ask in Jesus' name for every father in the house and online. And I ask, Lord God, that you would give them the strength to walk for decades as fathers that know their heavenly father, relate to their heavenly father, and reflect their heavenly father to their kids. Pray for the father that feels discouraged. Pray for the father that is a young father with little tiny kids. And I pray, Lord God, bless them. Strengthen them. Maybe you're here today and you are far from your heavenly father. And today you just want to return, come to your senses and say, I'm gonna receive mercy, receive grace, receive kindness from my father. And you want to go back to the Father's house. That's you. I just want to invite you just to begin a journey with the Father by saying yes to following Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. That whosoever, that means if it's you, if you, if you decide I'm going to follow Jesus, you are that whosoever. And you can make a choice to follow him and not perish but have eternal life. If you want to make that choice, we just repeat this prayer. Father, I return to you today. And I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Save me. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen.